Hey, and welcome to Let's Talk CPF, a podcast where we bring conversations on CPF to your ears. Brought to you by the CPF Board, this podcast will answer common questions, offer tips, and feature interviews with industry experts on CPF and financial planning. Thanks for listening and let's get straight into today's episode. When was the last time you did something kind for someone? Or perhaps, when was the last time you did something kind for yourself? In our Asian culture today, do we hold back to show acts of kindness just because we are afraid? In today's episode, we will examine just that. Welcome to a new episode of Let's Talk CPF. I'm Kelvin. And I'm Andrea. And in light of May being Kindness Month, in today's episode, my aim is to be kind to you, Andrea, for the next 30 minutes or so. You know, Kelvin, it's a really weird thing to say because it shows that all this while you haven't been kind to me as a colleague. Hey, fake news, ah. Uh. You know that's not what I mean, okay? That's not what you mean, Kelvin. Is that supposed to be a pun? Okay, I wasn't really intending to do a pun there. But again, I promise to be kind to you today. So speaking of kindness, it's an occasion for Singaporeans to come together in celebration of kindness and graciousness. This day is celebrated as a day for showing appreciation to one another instead of us throwing shade at each other all the time. Sometimes, you know, us throwing shade is a form of friendship. Anyway, you know, in our studio today, we have someone very special. Do you remember Singer the Lion, the lion that teaches you how to be kind since back in secondary school? He's seated right here staring at you, Kelvin. He does not believe you. Singa, I'm very, very happy to see you. Okay. Anyway, okay. He's not our actual guest. We're joined here today with the General Secretary of the Singapore Kindness Movement, Dr. William Wan, to talk to us about how we can be kind to others and to ourselves and also tell Calvin how to be kind to me. <laughs> Hello, Dr. William Wan. Hello, hello, Kelvin and uh, Andrea. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. I think it's really going to be an interesting show because I think um, you're going to be teaching us exactly how we are supposed to exemplify kindness to one another. Absolutely. Yep. So I have to warn you though, if Andrea and I start throwing shade at each other, feel free to throw something at us. We promise we'll behave ourselves though. Well, I'm having fun listening to all the bantering. It is a sign of being kind to each other when you can have fun. Oh, yes. And you can be a little bit mean Absolutely. too, right? Just a little bit, just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> we were speaking just before the recording and to me, right, you seem to have a very youthful presence. And recently, you know, I just turned 30. So I have a very important question for you. How can I be like you? Wow. I am two and a half times older than you are. Well, I tell you what, uh, there is a lot of research done on what kindness does to us. Uh, there is a chemical stuff in us called DHEA, and that's a kind of an aging thing. If you are kind, this thing called DHEA kicks in and it actually retards your aging process. You actually can look and feel younger just because you are kind. The other thing is the mind. We need to equip our mind and mind training is part of it. You've got to read, you've got to think, you've got to reflect, meditate. And if your mind is sharp, positive, and you're always looking out for others, you're happy, full of joy, appreciative, you're a person with self-control, all these will help you to be young. This is very beautifully said. And I'm interested to know, Dr. Wan, like for you personally, right, how would you continue to live your life filled with kindness in retirement? But since you are from the Singapore Kindness Movement, I'm interested to know how kindness and retirement actually comes hand in hand. 
I've been uh, heading the kindness movement. Uh, this is my 12th year. I have uh, met people who are total strangers who say, oh, you're the kindness man, right? Now, can you imagine the kind of uh, stress I would have if I'm only pretending to be kind? Because everywhere I go, people know me. I may not know them. So if they notice something about me that's not kind, if I am not uh, you know, courteous and gracious, uh, people will point me out very quickly. But I am very thankful that actually the way I have believed in kindness and practice kindness, I find that it's a very natural part of me. Uh, it's not putting on a show. If I'm running kindness movement as a thing that I do every day now when I'm working, do I stop being kind just before I stop working? If I stop working and be unkind, then I'm only putting on a show. You know, I would be very stressed out if I were doing this not right now. I'm not. So if I am natural who I am and I believe in kindness and I want to practice kindness, there's no reason for me to stop being kind after I retire. So what would I do after I retire? I would still continue to do the thing I'm doing. I would volunteer. I would be gracious. I would mentor young people. I would contribute to charity. Maybe I'll pace it a bit slower. I would probably find time to do some of the things that I've missed doing because I've been too busy. But kindness remains part of my life. I think that is beautifully said. I'm curious to know what exactly is this year's um, Singapore Kindness Movement campaign about? Well, we are still on the Be Greater campaign. And a part of the Be Greater campaign is to remind people that, you know, a kinder you will make a stronger us. In other words, kindness is not about one person doing it. You know, Singer uh, reminds us that kindness is in each and every one of us. So Singer should be in each and every one of us. We should find Singer in us and we should all be owning kindness, making it part of our lifestyle. And together, we can make our society kinder, one at a time. So kindness will breed kindness. You know, it's also this tipping point effect that uh, once you get the majority of the people doing kind things, others will follow. And uh, when we are kind to each other and reciprocated, we will multiply the rippling effect and we will become a kinder society. I have an interesting story to share. A few weeks ago, so I was at a restaurant and my mask broke. At that point, I was like, oh dear, no mask to go back. And I was just telling my friend in front of me, I was just like, oh dear, my mask broke. I have no mask. And she didn't have an extra mask. And the shops were all already going to close. We were having this conversation and she told me, she's like, why don't you ask like the waitress whether she has an extra mask? And I was just like, no lah, that feels so weird. No, it's okay. I'll just try and like cap it my <laughs> spectacles and then just hope for the best. And I think she realized she might not have heard what I said, but she realized that my mask broke. And the next thing I knew, she came and she gave me a mask without me even asking. And I think at that point, I was so shocked. I was just like, oh, wow, okay, that very small act of kindness was something that I felt was actually very hard to receive. Then I started to ask myself, right, why do people find it hard to receive kindness? Andrea, there are a number of lessons in your story. That's a very wonderful story. First lesson is that kindness is about other-centeredness. And so the person waiting on you in the restaurant is obviously inherently a kind person so that she's aware and she's observing and she's anticipating your needs. And so she came and on her own initiative, without your asking, offered you what she believes you needed, a mask. Now that is being kind. 
The reason why many of us appear not to be kind is not because we are not kind, but because we are so absorbed, self-absorbed in our iPhone, our iPad, that we don't listen, we don't look. And as a result, we miss opportunities to offer kind acts to others who have a need, right? Offering your seat on MRT, buses, and so on. So that's the first lesson. I think the second lesson is that if you ask, you will receive. Now, many times people are afraid to ask when they have a need, right? Like you were a bit shy to ask. So sometimes we go on an MRT and then you need a seat and you complain, why nobody gave me a seat? But have you thought of asking? Because these people are so absorbed in their own thing, right? So that's the second thing. So ask. Please, all of you who need something, ask. You'll find that Singaporeans and people living here are generally kind. The third lesson is that, you know, we are basically shy. We are shy to ask. We are shy to receive. And you ask yourself, why? That's your question, isn't it? Why? Is it because of your personal pride? Like you don't like to be in a position of need? But actually... To be in a position of need is a good thing because when you know what it is like to receive, then you have empathy for people who receive from you so that you go and give at the same level. So look at asking and receiving as sharing rather than as a top-down thing. In that way, if you can share, then it is a good thing. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't feel shy about it. I always say to young people who feel a bit embarrassed about giving up seats and so on, I said, do not be embarrassed for doing the right thing. You should be embarrassed when you do the wrong thing. But what about forgiving yourself when you do something wrong? I find it very hard to forgive myself in those kind of situations. How in that case can we then practice being kind to ourselves? Kindness to self is very important. There is quite an old saying that we all know, got to love others as you love yourself. If you cannot love yourself, it's very, very difficult to love others. In fact, there are people who are all clamped up and so on because they actually have lower self-esteem. They are not self-assured. They are not self-confident. As a result, they are unable to give and unable to connect with others. So how can we be kind to ourselves? Well, work as hard as you can, but play just as hard. If you are going to do good for others and buy presents for others, once in a while, buy something for yourself. Why not? Sometimes you need in this very fast-paced Singapore life to take time out, to go on a retreat, to reflect, to read, to put your feet up, to enjoy some of the nice things in life that's actually free. Take a walk on the beach, watch the sunset. And I think when you do all that, you find that, you know, you are so pleased with yourself that you will go out of that experience with a positive attitude towards others. Very often, we treat others badly because we have a bad day. So give yourself a good day. Then you go out there and you give others as good a day as you got. I think that's really beautiful. I really need to hear that today. So play devil's advocate. Where then do you draw the line between being kind and being taken advantage of? Sometimes people see kindness as a weakness. Like if I'm kind, then people will take advantage of me. Let me assure you that kindness is not weakness. In fact, it takes a lot of courage to be kind. If I think that kindness is to be able to be your friend and to correct you when you're wrong, it takes courage. It takes courage to believe that you're going to trust me. If I'm telling you something that's not so pleasant, you're not going to judge me for being nasty to you. I'm just trying to be helpful to you. Kindness can be taken advantage of, of course. But once you know that someone is going to take advantage of you, it is still within your power to stop that and to do something about it. 
See, in other words, it's not like because I'm kind, you can make all the mistakes in the world. I just pat you on the back and say, it's okay. Don't do it again. So you show kindness is not weakness. You can be firm, you can be objective, and you can do your job seriously. That is also being kind. So a little story, a few weeks ago, actually Andrea and a few other of my colleagues brought me out to celebrate my birthday. So that was really nice. I think in our daily lives, there's always little acts of kindness that we witness from each other. And there should definitely be a lot more kindness that goes around. The fact that you guys went out and have a lunch because you want to celebrate Kelvin's birthday presupposes that you've become friends. You're not just colleagues, right? You're friends. And you want to be happy for each other. So you celebrate good things. So that is one way to create kindness at a workplace. Don't be threatened if somebody succeeds. If somebody succeeds, rejoice with that person. Celebrate, celebrate it. That person. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You should celebrate it. So that it. is part of building a kindness environment in a workplace. When you see somebody struggling with some challenges and you notice if you are aware that doesn't seem very happy today, Maybe take that person aside, have a little coffee and say, you know, how are you? I notice you don't look, you know, like, uh, like very happy today. And uh, you're surprised. The guy is waiting for someone to talk to and he will pour out a lot of stuff on you. And that's helpful. That's what we call psychotherapy, talk therapy. The guy is just talking to you. And you're not a psychologist or a counselor, but just to have someone who asks and have someone to talk to makes that person's day. So you can think of so many ways of creating a kind environment in your workplace. Recently, we launched our book called Make Kindness Our Business. The book is a very good workbook for people working in any environment. So the book covers leadership with kindness. It covers stuff like how can we benefit from being kind and how can we be kind to ourselves. There are many tips in the book about uh, how can we create and co-create a kind environment where we can increase our trust for one another, increase our friendship, become more collaborative rather than just competitive. It's a good book. It's available in the bookstore. If you like to have a copy, you can also contact me or contact Singapore Kindness Movement. Yeah, I think the book would be very, very useful for a lot of workplaces. I love that there is a book catered for that because you hear about how cutthroat some places are and sometimes we really do need just a little bit more kindness at the workplace. How do you be a kind leader? If you are a kind leader, meaning that you have empathy and you're a listening ear, you show a real genuine care and concern for your staff, they will come talk to you. They will not be intimidated by you. They will feel like they have a boss who is also a friend. And so when they come talk to you, then you realize that there are some challenges in their life and that's why they're not performing as well. And you got to start helping them so that they can overcome some of their challenges. And so that's kindness in leadership. And if you can retain people, for example, because you're kind and people want to work in an organization for not just two or three years, but for five, six, seven, eight years. In a kindness movement, small little charity like ours, we even have people who work there for 15 years, some of them for 10 years, and you know, on the average about five years. Why, people ask, are you able to retain them? Because we create an environment where people would like to stay as long as they can. And then it's going to be profitable for the organization because every time someone resigns, you're going to lose time you're going to lose a good person. You're going to lose the network that the person has built on behalf of the company. And so you're going to lose a lot. 
And then you get a new guy, you're not very sure whether the new guy can fit, right? So there's a lot of uncertainty. So for retention, you're going to have higher productivity. The higher the retention, the higher productivity. So it's all good for an organization to be kind and for the leader to be kind. To build a really kind organization from ground under, I think... I mean, but honestly, I mean, I've not been in CPF board long, but I think since joining for close to a year, gotta say, like the environment is pretty kind and different from what it is outside in the private side. Oh, that's wonderful side. to know. Yeah, it is. It is. With that, I think we're coming to the end of um today's episode. Thank you so much, Doctor One, for joining us today. I hope you had fun with us, millennials. It's a pleasure. I enjoy every minute of it. I learn so much from millennials. You know, people like us should be learning from everyone, especially from millennials. And we did learn a lot from you, Dr. Wan. First, you spoke about how being kind is about being other-centered. You also spoke briefly about how being kind would not only make someone's day, but also bring productivity benefits for the workplace. And lastly, kindness is not a weakness, it's a strength. Even while being kind, you can be objective, firm, and do your job well. Those are very good takeaways from what you mentioned. And we'll also be running a contest in collaboration with the Singapore Kindness Movement on CPF Board's Facebook and Instagram pages. It'll run from end May to mid-June. You can stand a chance to win some exclusive Singer collectibles. Thank you so much, Dr. William Wan. We've learned so much. And I'm Andrea. And I'm Kelvin. And you've You've been listening to Let's Talk CPF. Before you go, we would love to hear from you. Email us with your questions or comments at podcast at cpf.gov.sg so we can create better content for you. You can also leave us a review on the platform you're listening from to help others learn about our podcast. For the latest news, visit cpf.gov.sg slash podcast or follow our social media pages. Thank you once again. Until the next time, let's talk CPF. CPF.